Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Before I jump in to uh, what I really feel like God wants to say to us today, I want to let you know about just a couple of things. Um, The first thing is, um, normally every year we have some cool Easter invites for you to pick up at church and give to some friends, and this year is no different. Uh, But obviously since we can't meet together, um, we're going to have this coming Tuesday and Wednesday on our front patio from 2 to 6 p.m., we're going to have a tent with some invites that you can pick up. Um, For kids, you can pick up this Easter water bottle. What kid doesn't like a water bottle? And it shoots water if you want it to. So you can pick up a couple of these, one for you, one to give to some friends, a reminder of our Easter services. And we also have these boomerangs. This year's Easter theme is the comeback and about Jesus having the greatest comeback in history. So swing by, pick up a few of these, two, five, ten, hand them out in your neighborhood wherever you can see people. That's this Tuesday and Wednesday from two to six. And we also have um, the family nights this Um, month for preschool and elementary. The preschool will be growing a flower, and the elementary will be doing acts of kindness with this cool little spinner that you can play with as a family. What kid wouldn't love that? What family wouldn't love to have those resources? So once again, Tuesday, Wednesday from 2 to 6 p.m., you can stop by, see the tent at the front patio, and pick up those. So, how many of you, maybe you can type this in the comments, maybe you can put an emoji that kind of represents, how many of you have ever gotten something and it wasn't what you thought it was going to be? It wasn't what was advertised. You ever been there? Maybe you ordered something on Amazon and the picture made it look great until it came in the mail. Maybe you bought something to wear online and then you tried it on and it was, you're not even sure it was made out of cloth. It was that thin and so... It wasn't what you expected. My wife and I, a few years ago, we booked a cruise. Um, It was going to leave out of Orlando, and we were getting on this cruise boat kind of early in the morning. And so we decided we're not going to drive to Orlando that morning that we're getting on the ship. We're going to get a hotel. We'll go down the night before. We'll get there 6, 7 o'clock. We'll sleep. We'll wake up the next day and go to the ship. Well, not wanting the most expensive hotel because we were just going to be on it for a few hours, we decided we would look online Um, book a hotel. I'm not going to mention the name because some of y'all might love to stay there. Uh, Book a hotel and um, that it would just be a reasonable price. We would go down there, spend the night, get up. Well, it was fine until we got there. And it looked, as we walked into the lobby, like somebody was probably shot there within the last 24 hours. Smelled terrible. For some reason, my wife allowed me to get the key to the room And so we make our way to the room, and it smells even worse. And no joke, the sheets aren't even even clean. So, of course, we go down, and we beg to get our our money back. But if if we're honest, all of us have experienced those kind of things, right? Like, for some of us, we wanted to become an adult. As a teenager, as a college student, we wanted to become an adult until we became one. And we realized what it was like adulting, right? Realize there are bills. It's not all it's cracked up to be. For some of you, you wanted to get married, and then you did, and you realized it was a lot of work. For some of you, you wanted kids, 
and then you had them, and then you had to homeschool them for two weeks. Can I get an amen? Just put a hand raise emoji in the comments if I can get an amen. Or you realize that they actually talk back, and they cost a lot of money. Maybe it was a job that you wanted. Maybe you really wanted this particular job, and you got it, and two weeks in, you're like, this ain't what I thought. Sometimes things just aren't the way we want them to be in our head. And that's the way it was for the people in Jesus' day. You see, Jesus wasn't what the people of his time were expecting. He was a baby, born in a manger. He was humble, had humble upbringing, humble roots. He wasn't what the people were expecting because the religious people of Jesus' day were expecting a king, somebody to come to the earth, set up their domain, and rule as king. In case you don't know the story, very beginning of the Bible, God establishes relationship with people because people mess up. It severs that relationship. And after all, that's all that God was really after. And so he begins this series of, of things to try to get his people back. And he chooses this nation, Israel. He chooses this nation. He says, I'm going to be with you. You're going to be my people. They don't follow him very well either. And so he tells them, I'm going to send. I'm going to send a king. I'm going to send someone who's going to come and he's going to make a way for you to to know me. And so they believed the Savior would be born and that he would be an, a king, that he would take over, that he would rule, that he would make everything go okay. And then they waited. And then came Jesus. And they missed it because he wasn't what they were expecting. He didn't look like they had thought. He didn't look like the picture they had, ch- that had gotten in their mind. Things didn't change as quickly as they thought he would when he showed up and he didn't establish this earthly throne that they always wanted him to establish. You know, sometimes our perception of Jesus can be wrong because of our expectations of what he's going to do. Have you ever been there? If you've been there, hit the hand raise emoji. Have you ever been there? Like you see Jesus wrong and it's not because Jesus did anything bad. He's perfect. He's right. He still loves you. But the reason that you see him and the reason that you see him as, as a, bitter, a bitter God, the reason you see him as someone who doesn't really care about you isn't because he doesn't care, but it's because your expectations of what you wanted him to do didn't line up with who he really is. That's what these early Religious people thought in the New Testament it wasn't what they were expecting. And so when his actions didn't line up with their expectations, they completely missed who he was. Today, for the next few moments, I want to talk from the subject of a hidden crown. A hidden crown. See, Jesus didn't wear a crown like we would expect a king to do. He didn't do what these early religious people wanted, but ultimately he did what they needed. He did set up a kingdom. You see, the kingdom of God, as the, as the New Testament defines it, is this area where, where Jesus reigns, where God reigns, where God has, has complete reign. And so the kingdom of God throughout the New Testament is a huge topic. In fact, it's taught about often. Jesus often taught about the subject of the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, it, it mentions the kingdom of God in the New Testament. 80 times. This was a huge theme in the, in the New Testament. But the kingdom of God isn't this place where we can see. It's not a, a throne that we can sit down, it's sit down on. It's not a gold, a gold place that we can visit. The kingdom of God isn't something that is visible with the eye. There is no, 
there is no crown. There's not this perfect place on the earth that just demonstrates how, how great and how much of a king Jesus is. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And that's why, if you're honest today, that's why some of you right now, during current circumstances, that's why it's tough for you to believe, isn't it? Because things aren't perfect. Your problems don't go away. You still get laid off. Things still aren't right. People still are sick. People are dying. Your child's sick, and you just want to be happy. And because you can't see the reign of God the way you want to, be, to see it, it feels like Jesus' crown, if he has one, is hidden. And there's this pull in us for those of us that want to trust in who God is. You see, we live in this time of Jesus reigning inside of believers. And so in other words, the kingdom of God is here because it's inside of those of us who have accepted Christ, but it's, it's not yet because things aren't perfect. Make no mistake. One day, if you've read the, read the, end, of the, the end of the book, one day Jesus comes back and it is perfect. But right now we kind of live in this gap between he's, he's here, he has control, he has sovereignty, but yet things just don't seem like it sometimes. And so we live in this here, but not yet. Jesus reigns in the life of a believer, but it's not yet demonstrated everywhere we, we go. And so bad things still happen. Viruses still break out. Financial difficulty still happens. And so in Matthew 13, Jesus is teaching about this very subject, the kingdom of God. I told you, it happens, happens a lot. Anytime God repeats something, you know it's serious business, Right? You're supposed to say everything God says is serious business. That's the church answer. But anyway, Jesus begins this, this series of teaching parables. And if you don't know what a parable was, a, a parable wasn't a true story, but it was a story that Jesus would tell that was based on something that could really happen. And so oftentimes in, in the Bible, there's agricultural parables because that was a big topic of the day, agriculture. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. The kingdom of God is, is planted. Did you catch that? Like a seed, it's, it's planted. And I know that this is especially hard in today's culture, isn't it? I mean, we live in a time where I, I want to see it to believe it. If you say you love me, you better put up or shut up, Jack, right? I mean, I have to see it to believe it. In order for me to, to know that you care about me, you have to back it up with something. We live in this time of see it and believe it, but... That's not always the way Jesus' authority works. Sometimes the cancer is diagnosed because it's like a seed, it's planted. Sometimes the loved one does pass away even though you prayed and believed that God would heal them. Sometimes you do lose your job. Sometimes the depression does persist even though you know you have Jesus inside of you. Sometimes the marriage does fall apart. Sometimes the pregnancy doesn't happen, even though you've begged God to give you a child. Could it be, though, just imagine just for a few moments, could it be that the reason sometimes we can't see Jesus working is because he's doing it on a level that we can't perceive? 
Did you catch that? Like a, like a seed. A seed starts in the ground, right? It starts, down, it starts down somewhere. You can't see it, but you trust it's doing something, right? Could it be that the reason Jesus doesn't come in and take away your pain, take away that hardship, take away that thing that bugs you, could it be that he's working on a level that you just can't see yet? Because you can't see the seed when it's when it's planted, could it be that he is doing something deeper inside of your doubt? Could it be he's doing something deeper inside of your confusion and your frustration that what if he's working something underneath the ground and you just can't see it yet? Could it be that he still has his crown on, but it's just buried in the ground somewhere like a, like a seed? You know, I think one of the reasons we often struggle with this principle is because we live in a sod world but Jesus is a seed king. You know what I'm saying? Maybe put the little grass emoji up. Here's, here's what I mean by that. For those of us living in America, and one of the reasons we're struggling so much right now is because we live in a sod world. In other words, we live in a world where we want everything plotted out perfectly. We want to see the full picture. We want everything to be comfy, cozy, cushy. We want to lay on it. We want to sunbathe. We want to stick our feet in the nice smooth grass. We want a sod world. But Jesus is a seed king. In other words, he, he plants things and it has to be watered and it has to be tilled and it has to be taken care of because it's, 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 it's under the ground. It's, it's, something, it's something deeper. And we don't like that because sometimes in order to get that to grow, in order for us to see the, the power of Jesus and the reign of Jesus on the earth, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes pain. Sometimes it takes effort. We live in a sod world and Jesus is a is a, is a seed king. And some of us, that is the very thing that is robbing you of your faith because it's not easy yet. It's not easy right now. The kingdom of God is like a seed. It's planted, but it's also like a seed because it's inside out. If you think about a seed, the way a seed grows, and I'm no seed planter. I'm sure there's more, a more official term for that, but I'm gonna go with seed planter. I'm no seed planter, but I know that a seed starts out as, as something that's small and kind of opens up as it's under the ground and as it begins to, begins to grow. It starts inside out. The Bible says the kingdom of God is, is the same way in us as believers. In other words, it's something that's in us. If you call yourself a Christian today, you have the kingdom of God in you. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like it. Maybe you don't feel like he's in you. Maybe you don't feel like you have anything. But the Bible says that it's, it, it's, it's in you. And so that's why... If you talk to a believer that's been a believer a long time, they can be full of peace even when things aren't peaceful because it's something deep down in, in, inside of them because you have, you have that inside of you. You have that authority. The kingdom of God is inside out. It's something that starts inside of you, and that's a really good, that's a really good thing because none of us came to Jesus perfect. So what that means is he's willing to He's willing to accept us just the way we are, and he's willing to grow us from the inside out. And so what happens for someone who accepts Jesus is it starts out very small. They give their life to Jesus, but it, it grows inside out. And Jesus doesn't fix all of their actions right away, but as it grows inside of them, they begin to, to get it right. That's why if you're focused on doing it right, doing the right thing, checking the boxes, you're never going to get there. Because the kingdom of God works from the from the inside out. So Jesus continues this parable in verse 32. He says, though it is the smallest of all seeds, and I love this part, yet when 
it grows. It is the largest of garden plants. And so it becomes a, a tree. Y'all like my interpretation of a tree? And so it becomes a tree. So that the birds come and perch in its branches. The kingdom of God, it's slow moving. It takes a seed a long, 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 long. Put long in the comments. It takes the seed a long time to become a tree. So the kingdom of God isn't just something that is planted. It's not just something that um, we can't see, but it's something that's slow moving. You know, as, I, as I've looked through the, the course of Scripture, especially, the, obviously, the New Testament, I see Jesus doing a lot of things. Jesus, if you open it up, he, he was born, obviously. All of us have been born. Raise your hand if you've been born. Yep. He was born. He slept. He cried. He healed. As a matter of fact, it was so cool. He, he, he could heal people because of the authority of Jesus. He could, because he, was a, because he did have a crown, he was a king. It just didn't look like it on the outside. But somebody could, one time somebody just touched the hem of his jacket and they were healed. So he healed. He ate. We see Jesus eating a lot in the Bible. Everybody said, amen. He ate. He laughed. He blessed. He talked. But do you know what I never see Jesus doing in Scripture? Being in a hurry. So if I don't see Jesus being in a hurry in Scripture, why do I expect him to do everything in a hurry in my life? How, why would I dare say that just because it doesn't happen on my timetable, that Jesus somehow has abandoned me and he has lost his crown? Because he's not in a hurry. The kingdom of God, it's, it's slow moving. It takes a seed a long time to become a, a tree. It takes a seed a long time to become a tree. It's slow moving. And I have to be honest, sometimes this shakes my faith more than anything else. Just keeping it real. The times where I doubt God's goodness in my life are the times where it doesn't happen fast enough. The times when I want the trial to end. The times when I just want my child to quit throwing up. The times where where I just, I just want this to be over. I just, I just want this whole coronavirus thing. I just want it over. It's those times where my faith is shaken the most. But it's also those times where I believe Jesus is doing the most in me. Because he's not fast. He's slow moving. And that can be frustrating to us. But if you think about it, it can be really assuring too, can it? Because if he's that patient with everything else, if he's that patient, as I read the Bible, it means he's going to be patient with, with me. It means those times where I hit myself, ah, ah, I can't believe I did that again. I can't believe I went off again. I can't believe I thought that thought again. I can't believe I said that again. All those times where I'm impatient with myself, the fact that, that God is slow moving means that he's patient with me. At the end of Jesus' life, fast forward, he gives us some more insight into this whole hidden crown kingdom thing. See, the religious people of the day would continue to miss the point. They would continue to miss the fact that he was king because it didn't look like they thought it would look. 
And so he's causing some ruckus because he is healing people. He is doing some crazy good things. And they get jealous and they decide we've got to have this man killed. He's causing too much of a ruckus. I'm pretty sure the word ruckus is in scripture if you read it. Just kidding, that's a joke. Um, And so they want him killed. So they begin to look for a way to have him sentenced to death. And finally they get their wish. And they put him before the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, to try to get him to be sentenced to death. And Pilate, while he's questioning Jesus towards the end of his life in John 18, 33, Pilate asks him, he says, are you king of the Jews? And if you look into that, the translation there isn't, isn't great because really the tone of that is probably more like Pontius Pilate is saying, you? You're the king of the Jews? In other words, you're the man who's causing all this ruckus? As if to say, there's, there's, there's no way. You don't look like a king. You don't look like someone who could do all this. He's saying, you? You're the one I've been hearing about. You're the one they won't go on. You're the one they won't done away with. And so Jesus responds just a few verses later. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. My kingdom is not of this world. What Jesus was saying there is he wasn't, he wasn't saying that he didn't want anything to do with the world or that he didn't care about the world. But what he was saying is he was saying that his dominion, his reign, his authority doesn't come from human standards, but it comes from God. In other words, and here's a big key, Jesus is saying, I don't see the things that you see. I see things from an eternal perspective. And so here's my challenge to you today. My challenge to you today is in order to see the crown, we have to think bigger and deeper. In order to see the reign of Jesus, you can't just look at your problem right now. You have to see bigger and you have to see deeper because Jesus sees things from a bigger timeline and from a deeper depth. And so could it be that the seed is just planted and he is still working in your life? What could he be doing underneath the surface? And when you do, when you begin to think like that and you begin to think, what could God be doing right now that I don't know about? Maybe he hasn't checked out. Maybe the crown is still on his head. What could he be doing when you begin to think like that? You begin to see the crown again because his aim isn't to get your problem to go away. His aim is to get to you because he knows If you're with him, you can go through anything. Even when things aren't peaceful, you can be full of peace. So my question to you this morning is, what are you looking to see from Jesus? What is causing you to to doubt that he still wears the crown? Is it what's happening in our world right now? Is it financial loss? Is it that he's not moving at the speed that you wanted him to move at? Are you wanting a child to come home and they haven't made it yet? You want them to come back? Is it a relationship that you're waiting to be repaired? Is it for the money to be more 
What are you wanting to see from Jesus today? And could it be, just imagine just for a moment, could it be that he's right there? He's just doing it in a way that you've never seen before. Because the crown may be hidden, but he is still king. It may not feel like it right now. It may not feel like he's in control right now, but he is still king. How is he working? Because he's doing something bigger than just this moment. Because he loves you too much just to rescue you from this moment. He has your entire eternity in his head. In order to see the crown, you've got to look deeper. You've got to look on another level. You've got to see wider, you've got to see longer, and you've got to relinquish your crown. Because some of us, we're holding on to our crown. We're holding on to our plan. We're holding on to what we can control, what we can do. Jesus today, he's saying, I am plenty king for all of us. What do you trust in Jesus for today? So just in the comments, if you feel comfortable, maybe Maybe you want to write in on something beside you right now. But I want you to ask yourself, what am I trusting God for today? How am I trusting that he's still wearing the crown?
Some of you right now, your biggest move today would be to trust Jesus for the first time. Whatever it is that you've tried to get your hope from has continued to leave you feeling empty. You need to let Jesus wear the crown today. So if that's you, in the quietness of this moment, maybe it's not quiet at your home, but I just want you to pray. Jesus, I trust you. I don't even know why, but I feel like you're, you've been running after me. I need something solid. I need something stable to build my life on. So Jesus, I don't exactly know what all it entails, but I do believe that you were born, that you died, that you rose as a way for me to have a relationship with, with God. So I ask you to come into my life. I'm gonna follow you the best I can. In Jesus' name. For the rest of us, whatever that thing you wrote down, I want you to take that. If you typed it in the comments, I want you to go ahead and write it down. And as we sing, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you again, just that chorus, as we sing that again, I want you to just put your hand on top of that thing. And I want you to say, Jesus, do your thing as you wear the crown. Jesus, we pray, show us how, how king, how big of a king you are. Right now, we sing and we declare that we trust you and you are bigger than our doubts. You are bigger than our mistakes. You are bigger than our situations. You are bigger than those things that we're trusting you with. And we put them in your hands, Jesus. Thank you for being trustworthy. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for doing something deeper and bigger than we could see ourselves. Thank you for not living and working according to our plans, but according to the plans that you have for us. Jesus, we trust you with everything we are. Help for us to trust you more. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him and how I prove him more and more. Right there at home, sing along with us. He's worthy of your trust. Jesus, thank you. We give it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great week.